Thank you. Um, while I'm setting up, um, if you might have this on your phone, Matthew 25, but if you haven't got it on a phone, we do do old money, and there's Bibles underneath some of the, the seats at the end, and I need someone with better eyes than me to tell me what the page number is. 994. So grab that. I'll get myself ready. You've got me doing the reading as well. I'm told that Pathfinders know all about this this evening, so be paying attention because at any point I might invite some of you to come and take over and share. That's probably terrified a few of you, I think. Maybe in a year or so you can come and do this instead of me. So the parable of the bags of gold, Matthew 25, or the parable of the talents. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, I'm not going to do it again, two bags, and to another, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who'd received five bags of gold at once put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold, and they gained Two more. But the man who had received just one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who'd received five bags of gold brought another five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Mastery said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who'd received one bag of gold came. Mastery said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvested where I've not sown and gathered where I've not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put the money, my money, on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. 
So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever doesn't have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're going to look at that passage a little later. The pathfinders know all about it already. I know I'm sorry if we're going to bore you. And Richard's heard this a few times. I think this film that we're going to show now is by way of celebration of some of the things that God's been doing. It stressed some of the things that God's been doing in this church over the last little one, and it's only a snapshot, but it is worth celebrating before next week we move on and thinking about the future. Let's watch this now. We love. It's the story of the man that wrote the hymn. They're incredible, and I, I do like that. You know, the way Steve has explained the writing of the hymn and the words in them uh, have been a, a huge benefit to me and I think to so many others. There's such meaning, these hymns, and especially seeing the stories and the people involved. Just wonderful. I'm beginning to know all about Jesus, the way he gave his life. It's such a remarkable thing he did. What I like about Connections, meeting people. It's a very friendly, nice place. Uh, couldn't be better, really. So many different faces, people you wouldn't normally meet. Yes, I, yes, I find coming Connections is very, very valuable to me, being on my own. It doesn't feel like anybody could be left out. I'm trying to build a faith. But importantly, I've found that the community here is so welcoming and so friendly that it's just a delight to come. I come to PF uh, to socialise with other people with the same beliefs as me, and it's really a nice environment to be around. Just talking with like both leaders and friends, it's helped me like sort of get closer to God because we do like active, we do like fun activities and thinking about. Um, yeah, the verses from the Bible, but we also get to discuss it, which really helps, I think. I enjoy YF because it allows me to spend good times with friends that I wouldn't see as often otherwise, and it really helps me to progress in my spiritual life as well. I really like the world because there are really good people, and there's like good staff members. I go here to meet <laughs> my new friends and some of my old friends. The games we play are very fun as well. I like to get help with my maths homework and I like to play games uh, with friends. I really like the food, especially the garlic bread, and it's really cheap. I'll get to make them. Could you play a lot of games and it's just like my happy place. The top things I value from the 8 o'clock service are that it's a small and friendly community where we all know each other. It's a quiet, reflective service and it's reassuring and familiar. I also enjoy the early morning walk to church without too much traffic around me. Um, I find the 9.30 worship really speaks out. I get a spiritual feeling from it and it has a deep feeling that I can really feel God's presence during the songs. It really opens up your heart and soul. 
coming into God's house with all these people worshipping our Lord, the community, the closeness, the hymns, the prayers. One feels God is next to me the whole way through the service. There are many things I appreciate about the six. I love the informality. I can just go as I am and I will be welcomed and accepted. I find the preaching very accessible and relevant and I love singing loudly and badly. I like the mum and baby group on a Monday because it gives me a reason to leave the house on a Monday and it's really casual, low-key, um, if you're there, you're there, if you're not, that's fine um, and the volunteers are so friendly and welcoming, um, it's so nice to have a sugar fix as well if you've had a bad day at night or morning and you get to sit around and talk to other mums um, and network and um, see some familiar faces and there's not many activities that we can do that satisfies a baby and a toddler and the church group is just so handy for us. I like the friendliness of the ladies who run it, relaxed atmosphere, craft table, having a local playgroup which you can walk takes the pressure of driving away which makes a huge difference as the cost of living is going up by the day. Every volunteer there is friendly and welcome. We both really enjoy a playgroup and look forward to coming each week. My small group encourages each individual to pray for one another and prompts us to persevere with daily Bible readings, for example, using the Lectio 365 app. We have seen answers to prayer over a long period of time, for example, pregnancies and deliveries of recent grandchildren. We have shared God's transforming love by welcoming new members, meeting up as a group for supper with husbands and sending donations for dignity packs and bees and hampers. Our small group has thoroughly enjoyed studying Tom Wright's book on Acts. We found it very enlightening and made us really think more deeply, look at our attitudes, look at church and what it means to us. And we've come away feeling that, with new eyes really, that church is us and that it's our attitudes that are gonna make a difference in the world. What words do you long to hear when you meet the Lord face to face? Given life's struggles, temptations, and our human limitations, I'd be delighted to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. This quote comes from Matthew 25, where the servants were entrusted with different amounts of gold and expected to put it to good use. I've said it about others at their retirement and at their funerals, but for us to hear these words directly from Jesus to us takes it to a completely different level. I've been speculating about what Queen Elizabeth might have heard humbly approaching God's throne of grace. On the uh, film, you'll have seen someone maybe when we were talking about the eight o'clock service with a Zimmer frame, a little thing that got him along. He was Joe, Joe Hancock, 102, and he used to sit down this side of the church. It's set up slightly differently every single week, struggled to get to church. And when it came to communion, some of us will remember Joe struggling out of his seat 
putting his hands out. He did this year on year until for his last few months, he wasn't able to get out of the seat anymore. I imagine Joe approaching God's throne of grace. Joe, well done. Good and faithful servant. Who else do you imagine will have got such praise? Sometimes we hold people in really high esteem. Well done, good and faithful servant. The truth is that that welcome is there for you and for me. Today, we're going to draw on the parable of the talents from Matthew 25, or the bags of gold, as it's in some translations. The man or the master in this parable can be understood as being Jesus, who entrusts those who are left behind with God-given resources that need to be put to good use. A talent in the New Testament um, was used as a unit of currency, and could be gold or copper or silver. Some had valued talents as 600 denarii, and some of you already know this. Uh, in Jesus' time, this was a day, wage for a day laborer for 20 years. And that's just one bag. Some were given two, and some were given five. And this value doubled, as it is, maybe even more, with things of the kingdom. Although the passage is talking about money today, uh, and we're thinking more in terms of weight of responsibility that God gives us in terms of the use of our time, our talents, and our money. When we think about talents, I encourage us not to be too narrow-minded in our understanding. Basically... And I've done this before, but all things, everything you are, all you are, and what you've done is a gift, actually, and needs to be offered back to God to give him the glory and give him much delight and pleasure. Those of you following in the Bibles, notice verse 15, the master gives different amounts of money, different weights of kingdom influence and responsibility, each according to their ability. And it's for God to judge what weight of responsibility he gives us. We can also assume that God knows what he's doing and would only give us what we can manage. That can be different amounts at different stages in life. An uncomfortable but reasonable kingdom truth is that those to whom much has been given, much is expected. It shouldn't be, I said it's also true, actually, to those that relatively little have been given, also much is expected. And this shouldn't be too heavy a yoke. For us as Holy Trinity, I think we've been given a lot. It would feel like a really heavy yoke if it's just one or two of us carrying it, but there's a lot of us carrying it, and it would still be a really heavy yoke, but for the fact that the Lord Jesus promises to be yoked with us. 
The parable is relevant to anyone trusted by God with any measure of responsibility to make it work for the building of the kingdom, to use it rather than to bury our talents. I couldn't work out a useful illustration to bury the talents this evening. Just imagine they're gone, they're dead, they're buried. In the passage, the servants don't wait until they die to hear the master's well done. Matthew 25 verses 21 and 23 say the same thing. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful of a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The key word in this passage for me, it might be different for different ones of you, verses 21 and 23 is faithful. Being faithful with our God-given talents, these can sometimes be light and sometimes weighty responsibilities that God entrusts us with. I'm looking around this evening at the sort of responsibilities and the faithfulness that many have displayed here. I mean, folks were here probably, I don't know, from four o'clock or earlier to set up for band stuff, taking that really, really seriously, leading us in worship. Others have been doing catering from I don't know what time. But some of you in your day jobs uh, are faithfully serving the God, uh, God trying and to act with integrity, treating your staff well. Anyone that's turned up this evening has made a choice. I think God loves it. He delights when we choose to come and worship him. If you're at school, I think it takes a lot of courage. I'm not putting this on you. But to dare, at any age actually, but I think for young people, to dare to live life differently to dare to live a life that's guided by the Lord Jesus Christ, to dare to invite maybe friends to come to the well and other things like that as well. Um, I remember being your age, it was a long time ago. Um, it just takes a lot of courage to, to be different. But all of us have been given different gifts and different skills and different abilities. I'm looking out, I can see someone with a wondrous gift uh, of administration and looking after church finance. There's others with wonderful gifts of hospitality. There's others great at teaching God's word and gathering people. Well done, good and faithful servants. Being faithful is daring to use what we have for God's glory. When we do, we get to share in his reflected glory. It's a little bit like the sun's uh, the source of light and heat, and like the moon, we get to reflect some of God's glory. Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. We have may have been a long time laboring, but we need to work and serve God faithfully as if he's going to return at any moment. Proving yourself to be faithful will mean that God will entrust you with more. Now, I know that when I say that, some of you are heading out the door because you know 
already. My life is overwhelming. I don't need any more stuff in my life. Take it away. That's not an excuse for you to be unfaithful. It's just an excuse for you to be more discerning about what the Lord's calling you to do because he doesn't give you yokes that are too heavy to bear. In different seasons, life can be a little bit tough. But actually, trust the Lord and the things that he gives us to do, if we faithfully do them, not only give him joy and delight, but will build fulfillment in us and build his kingdom. Some of us are new on the journey of faith or just looking. For those, maybe it's a less weighty responsibility, but it's a real privilege and a joy as you enter this journey and do the small things that you're encouraged to do. Some have been on the faith journey a really long time and approaching old age and those gates of glory. And you can't do this on, the, on your own. You need others alongside you. But know this, that's true for all Christians at every age and stage, whether a young Christian or a middle-aged Christian or an old Christian. God never designed it that we would do this on our own. We do it together, all involved, but certainly with him alongside us. Note the urgency of the man with five talents, verse 16. He went out at once, acted straight away, and doubled the talents. Wow. The servant with two did exactly the same thing. But the parable comes with a warning about operating in fear and bearing the one talent, the gift or responsibility that God has entrusted us with. Bible commentators, and this is me hiding here, have described the servant entrusted with one talent as lazy, slothful, unfaithful, neglectful. But alarmingly, we notice that he doesn't take responsibility for not using his God-given talent and effectively blames his master God for it. See verses 24 and 25. In summary, he's saying to God, you're harsh, you're scary, you've abandoned us. You've abandoned me. We could add our own excuses. It's unfair. I'm too busy. I'm too young. I'm too old. You didn't teach me properly. There were no opportunities. The economy's on the slide. Whatever the excuses we're tempted to use, God knows our hearts and will judge us accordingly and mercifully. We must be careful not to be a church that's influenced or controlled by people with a one-talent mindset. We need to be people of faith who dare to take, and I stress, the God-prompted steps of faith. This passage is not about whether we've got 10 or 5 or 4 or 2 or one Talent. It's about being faithful with what we have according to our ability and God's grace. And to ensure that we're never a person or a church 
that ends up with zero talents to put to work. The rewards for faithfulness in verses 21 and 23 are that the kingdom grows and that we get to share God's joy and celebration. Verse 21 His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Today is a day to celebrate God's goodness amongst them, what he's done through you as a church, and to bask in God's well done in his happiness. Next week, we're going to share a little bit more about vision. But we're the temptation always to move off to the future without pausing and celebrating what's happened. There's going to be a letter that, if you're on our mailing list, that's going to be sent out and a, and a, a resourcing God's vision booklet. And we're doing it at a different time of the year. We normally do it in January. We've moved it to September. There's going to be no vision evening. This will be it for this year. If it's a godly vision, it's going to be challenging and will be absolutely impossible to do without God's help. Now, I'm not looking at anyone in particular this evening, um, but someone in the staff team, and I slightly nearly gave it away this morning, um, had a little word with me during the week. And this person was very keen to invite me for their own benefit what they're looking for in a church and coming to worship is, is a church that challenges them. The person took it a lot further and suggested, didn't say this, this is just me reading between the lines. If I was a proper vicar, then I would also dare to challenge you as a congregation with the things that God challenges and not water it down. Now, with this particular person, filled with the Holy Spirit, they don't actually need me to challenge them because God the Holy Spirit does it for them. I think the vicar's got a little bit of a job in doing it. But I trust God the Holy Spirit to bring conviction, to quicken you bringing excitement, I suppose, about the things he's calling you to do. It doesn't need me. God doesn't need me to do that for you. I think it's like two sides of a coin. And sometimes we need the challenge, but the flip side of the coin is that we need to know God's love, his unconditional love, his acceptance, his delight. And we need, at one level, to rest in this love and out of this love and a deep assurance that we're loved, we can cope with the challenge and the calling. It's both and at the same time. We share God's delight and happiness at Holy Trinity as we faithfully serve the ones, the twos, the fives, the tens, the hundreds, the thousands that come here, maybe at remembrance, maybe at Christmas, but throughout the year. But today, let's share God's delight and happiness. 
as we celebrate the army of people that faithfully serve him in church stuff, but also in daily life. Uh, Those that faithfully help us to encounter God through loving service, through prayer, through worship, through the teaching of the word. We share God's delight and happiness as we celebrate um, the people that come to him for baptism, people of all ages. Last week, it was a particular delight for me, uh, and I think it would have been a delight for God to see so many engaging with him in deep fellowship. We all, at different ages and different stages, were able to receive Holy Communion, the wine, for the first time which has been difficult for us because of the COVID season. We celebrate the opportunities to learn and grow in our faith, whether it be in small groups or Pathfinders or YF, and in the rich variety of Sunday worship. We share God's delight and happiness when we celebrate uh, the generosity of faithful worshippers that give financially to support God's work and facilities at Holy Trinity and the wider church, and our mission partners near and far. The generosity of additional funding for national connections and hymns we love, the 60-plus thousand that was given spontaneously by the church congregation to our Ukraine Christian partners, the money that's been donated towards refurbishing the well, the legacies that we've had that we weren't expected, that paid for chairs, paid for building work, has paid for some of staff salaries too. I want to close with some wonderful quotes from the film that we showed at the start. We hope if you're on our mailing list, if you're not, we get you on the mailing list to send this film out by email. And we're going to publish, I think, some of the quotes in the resourcing booklet that's coming out in a week's time. Here it goes. An active participant of Hymns We Love... And Connections said, I'm beginning to know all about Jesus, the way he gave his life, such a remarkable thing he did. Amen. Hallelujah. Another said, I'm just trying to build a faith, but more importantly, I found the community here so welcoming and so friendly, it's just a delight to come. We didn't pay that person to say that. A member of the youth group, you might be here, said he gets time to spend time with friends that he would not get to meet often and progress in spiritual life as well. How many young people are celebrating that in our nation? A young person at the well, I think it's amazing. I get to play a lot of games. This is my happy place. Maybe they don't have very many happy places. Another feels God's presence uh, when they get together, coming into God's house with all the people worshipping our Lord, she says. The community, the closeness, the hymns, the prayers, One feels God is next to me the whole way through the service. A young mum with a lockdown baby said mums, bumps and babies gave them a reason to leave the home. They desperately needed that. There are many other comments 
about a holy trinity culture of friendliness. And before I go any further, there's probably a whole list of things that we're really, really rubbish at. But today is a day that we want to celebrate and God wants to celebrate with us. A culture of friendliness, welcome, kindness. Many tell us, and we've not paid them to say it, that they look forward to coming. To all of you involved in using your time, talents, and money as distinctive daily followers of Jesus at home, at school, at work, at play, in facilitating our midweek activities or small groups or YF or PF or worship on Sundays, hear the master's refrain speaking as if Jesus was speaking directly to you. Well done, good and faithful servants. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Happiness. 